So verse 35 says, do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. See that? Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for, e for life eternal so that he who what? Sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor, which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. I want to talk about this morning. Now is the time to worship, but I want to come from this thought. Spiritual changes you will experience after you leave worship. Spiritual changes you will experience after you leave worship. Amen. Last week we talked about the changes that will happen when you leave worship. Now I want to talk about the spiritual changes that happens when you leave worship. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace and mercy. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Create in us, Lord, a clean heart and renew in us a right spirit this morning. May the presence of the Holy Spirit rest upon us. Forgive me. Clear my mind and heart. And God, allow us to glean from your word now. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you, ushers. Amen. Spiritual changes you will experience after you leave worship. I hope by now <clears throat> you and I in this series have come to the conclusion, have come to the point where we understand that worship impacts our lives. It is amazing to me that people try so hard to change. Amen. And some really do, while others stay the same. Even after making promises to themselves, sometimes people struggle with change. But it's amazing when you come into the presence of God. It is amazing that you can experience a life change. There's no presence like God's presence. There's no place like God's church. Where when you come into his presence, you begin, when you come more and more, you begin to experience a change in your life. I'm amazed at what God can do in the life of a person. I'm amazed that there are several people that come into God's presence every week and literally over a period of time, they are transformed. 
It's amazing to me. And then there's another group of people that come at the same time, but nothing happens. Do I have a witness? You see, I believe that we all struggle with change. I believe that we cannot change the sin nature, but God can. We struggle because we have not truly had a experience with God. Do I have anybody? It's interesting because right after the Reformation, right after the Reformation, everyone born in Germany, the moment they were born, they were baptized as infants and placed into the church and called Christians. Imagine that. They did not go through the process of accepting Jesus Christ. They were just born into the church. Imagine that. Imagine that because the church was a state church, out of your paycheck, your tithes would come out and go straight to the government, and then the government would give it to the church. Imagine that. Imagine living in a day, in a time where you were forced to believe something, or you were just born into something that you just had to believe, and it had no meaning to it. Where am I going with all this? I believe that <clears throat> if you and I are going to change, our change has to happen spiritually. I believe without spiritual change, it is impossible to affect the physical. Jesus says, whatever you bind in heaven on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. In other words, heaven has the last say in what happens to us. People resist change. Because they don't see the value in it. Only God can change their hearts, truly. But we must surrender our hearts in order for our God to change our hearts. When we come into worship, everything changes. We are in a place where you can experience the power and the presence of God and inevitably you will begin to see your heart changing. Do I have anybody? May I ask you a question? When you leave worship, what happens to you? When you leave worship, do you really see a significant move of God taking place in you? Last week I told you our priorities will change. Not only will our priorities change, but our thinking will change. Our understanding will change. Our purpose will change. Our mission in life will change. Last week, we looked at the disciples who did not understand Jesus' mission and purpose spiritually. See, they went into the city to get food, and while Jesus was feeding this woman spiritual food, their understanding of Jesus' mission can be different. You know why I believe some of us aren't changing? 
some people don't change is because they don't understand the mission of the church. They don't realize the message of the church. Come on, somebody. May I ask you a question today? Do you want to know what true, the true meaning of change? Do you want change in your life? Anybody here need a little change? And I'm talking about spiritual change. I'm talking about, amen, you're not happy with the way things are going. I want to say this to you. It begins with worship. Let me tell you why it begins with worship. Because in verse 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to what? It accomplishes works. Jesus in hopes that they would adopt the same mission statement for their lives, which they, which they didn't do after his resurrection. It took some time. And that's what I'm saying. Have you adapted a different mission statement for your life? Because you've been in the presence of God. Now he continues the conversation in verse 35. And what he continues this conversation is, is in hopes that they would understand what they were supposed to be doing for him in the kingdom. You know what I found out? When we are in worship, the transformation begins. It's when we leave worship, watch this, that we begin to see the evidence of that transformation. Say one more time. When we are in worship, transformation begins. But it's when we leave worship is when we begin to see the evidence of that change. In other words, I don't think like I used to think. I don't walk like I used to walk. I don't talk like I used to talk. We come here not for information. We come here for transformation. We come here for illumination. We come here, amen, so that our lives can be different. Do I have anybody? Jesus goes on and he says in verse 35, he says, do you not say now what's here's the thing. Here's what Jesus is trying to get them to see. He's trying to get them on a spiritual level, but they kept trying to go back to the physical. It's amazing how you're trying to talk spiritual to people, but they want to keep talking about. You ever been there? You keep trying to build your spiritual life. But the focus is not spiritual. Watch this. Watch this. Jesus said to them, he says, do you not say, he's talking to disciples now, changing the conversation. There are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Now, this phrase is proverbial. It was the approximate time between sowing and reaping when Jesus was talking. Actually, it was six months when the, before harvest, and this was written in December. And so Jesus was using this statement to bring an awareness to them. And so the question you ask is, what spiritual change will you experience after you leave worship? I believe the first spiritual change you'll see is we will develop a spiritual urgency to reach the lost. Oh, I wish I had somebody.
You see, here's the thing. They thought they had time. They thought <clears throat> that, well, we got four months before harvest. Now, of course, Jesus is using this as an illustration. See, sometimes you think people in your life, they have time. Anybody lost a loved one recently? Huh? They, they ran out of time. Didn't they? My question to you is, did they know Jesus? You see, when you leave worship, here's what happens to you. You adopt Jesus' mission statement. Jesus, his mind, his purpose. And what is that? His mind and his purpose is not that you can be a ball or a shot caller. No, 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 no. His mission for you and I is that we have an urgency to see the lost saved. How many family members do you have? Amen. That you know, that you know, that you know. That you know, that you know, that you know. No, no. That they don't know Jesus. You see, the disciples thought they had time and there was no urgency for them to reach the lost. How did Jesus know what was in their hearts? Because he's omniscient. 800,000 people have died in this last two years in a pandemic. I'm asking a question today. Do you have an urgency to see the lost saved? Do you have an urgency to see the backslider Come back to God. Come on, somebody. But how can we come into his presence week after week and go back into the world and see lost people, watch this, and be silent about what we know to be true? You see, that's why I'm trying to change the atmosphere in this worship setting. So that when you come into this setting, watch this, to get it when we have. Watch this. They can't get it if we don't open our mouth. When our lives become more than just about me, then we'll see change. Police officers getting killed left and right. I'm thinking about you. We don't know that young, young wife had to get into that pulpit on, on, on Friday and speak to people about losing her husband, my question is, was he saved? Ask your question. Do you have a care for lost people? Time is running out, saints. The clock is winding down. Seconds are left on the stopwatch of some people's life. We should have an urgency to reach the lost like Jesus did. I'm convicted and convinced. There are times I leave here and I don't care about the clerk at the store. Come on, somebody. Or the family member who, who I know is struggling and I have the solution to the problem. Amen. And I have the answer to the question. Come on, somebody. But yet I have no urgency. 800,000 people died this year, two, last two years. And more 
are dying without knowing Jesus. And what Jesus was trying to get to his disciples to see is, y'all think y'all got time. I'm trying to break down the parable. He says, he says, he says, watch what Jesus said. He said, verse 35, stay with me. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Look on the fields. They are white. Usually when it was harvest time, amen, the fields will be white. In other words, it's saying to them, it's time to harvest. Here's the next thing I believe will happen when you've really been in worship. Here's the change that will happen. We will develop, number two, a spiritual vision to see the opportunity to reach the lost. He says, behold, look. You know what the disciples needed, saints? They needed spiritual vision. You know what the problem is with most of us sometimes? We're not seeing spiritually. All we see is in the natural. They could have obtained it by lifting up their eyes and looking on the field of the lost people, watch this, rather than just being completely absorbed by their physical needs. They went into the marketplace. Come on, somebody. You see, when you worship, when your worship leads to spiritual change, we will no longer be self-absorbed. It's harvest time, saints. It's harvest time. And Jesus is saying to the disciples, you just left the place where there were people. You came back with bread. I wanted souls, not stew. May I say this to you? The mission of the church hasn't changed. It is our responsibility. When uh, Those of you that, that, that's working the outreach ministry, Vision for Living, when we go out there, it's not just to bring food, it's to win souls. That's what we're there to do. And if we lose that mission, we're no different than some of the churches in the seven churches in the book of Revelation that God had an indictment against. Five of them. If you understood the food that I really sent you for, you would have brought back souls. Jesus is saying when you come into worship, it's re watch this. Are you really concerned about the spiritual or are you concerned more about the physical? The, the text says that, that they are white for harvest. This means all you have to do is share the gospel. That is it. You don't have to convince. You don't have to probe. He says it is harvest time. What happens to us when we go out of worship? We think it's a hard thing to do to share the gospel. It's an easy thing to do because the harvest is already white. Are you with me? Verse 36 says, already he who reaps. Hmm, is receiving what? I'm trying to help you today. When you come into worship, your vision changes. Your purpose changes. But watch this. He says, already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for what? Eternal, life eternal. So that he who sows and he who reaps 
may rejoice together. I'll get into that piece. But I'm going to stop right there where he says, where he says here, he says, he says, already he who reaps is receiving what? Wages and is gathering fruit for what? Eat life eternal. The third thing I believe that we will see, we will see spiritual rewards not for self only, but for the lost. You see, here's the reason. If you need a reason to share the gospel, it is the fact that someone, you know what the word wages means? Blessings. Why is it that God got to give us something in order for us to do something for him? Why is it that we always have to tie some kind of, some type of prize or benefit? Aren't you blessed already? Come on, somebody. How many of you are living, living a good life? Come on, let me see all the people who live. Yeah, y'all look like you're living a good life. Now, listen, you got some stuff that's going on in your life, but here's the thing. There's somebody out here, somebody out here that needs to know about life eternal. Do I have a witness? He said you will see rewards, not just for self only, but for the lost. The reaper in view here was Jesus. And the potential and potentially his disciples became the reapers. The wages that the reapers received are the rewards for their labor. For the disciples, it's the reward that they would receive blessings and rewards at the judgment seat of Christ for their faithful service. Imagine a lost person receiving eternal life. Just picture that for a minute. In turn, you receive eternal life. But in turn, not only do you receive eternal life, but you also receive a reward for bringing them to Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm just going where the text is taking me, but I thank God that it's a win-win situation. Saints, I don't know about you, but I feel an urgency in my heart and in my soul that we have to reach those who are lost. Do I have a witness? The text goes on to say that not only will the reapers receive wages and gather fruit for life eternal. He says, so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. I believe the change you'll see is spiritual joy for the lost. Now you got to catch this, okay? I was one of the most selfish persons you'll ever meet in your life before Jesus. Don't take me out of context. I'm saying one more time. I did not have joy for no, I could do and speak by me. I only have joy for me. Anybody, anybody would like that? Do I have anybody would like that? Just for me. Just for what's going, what was going on in my life. 
But when I met Jesus, I realized that it was bigger than me. But here's what I found out. It's joy to see someone else get saved. This joy has nothing to do with my reward. But the reward of the lost receiving eternal life, how selfless, how spiritual. This joy that the world didn't give. This joy that the world can't take away from you. Come on, somebody. I believe that some of us are pursuing the wrong joy. I believe that when you have, when you see someone who could not change and you see them transform by the power of the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ, you in turn have joy that no one will ever be able to take from you. This is what happens when you leave worship. I should have titled it, this is what should happen but ain't happening when we leave worship. Look at verse 38, and I got to go. Listen to this. The joy that Jesus was talking about here, the one, that he who sows and he who reaps, you didn't do no sowing. He did. We're just reaping. <laughs> but he says that the word is Cairo. In the Greek, and that word, that word carries the idea of being glad. We're reaping together. Can you imagine that you and I are partnering with God? God says, I bring you into my presence for worship. And when you leave, we leave together. But we have one mission in mind, and that is to see someone else, to have spiritual vision, to see that the harvest is white. You ain't got to try real hard. All you got to do is open your mouth. How many missed opportunities? How many missed opportunities? I never forget Dawson Trotman, who became a great evangelist. One of the, he started this ministry called the Navigators. They went around the world, and they started off in a little cabin in the woods, just having a desire for lost people to see them saved. And they got a map and they put it on the map and they would, they would put a pin in the map and they would start praying over countries, praying over cities, praying that the lost will be saved. And then all of a sudden, God, God deployed them out. I'll never forget this testimony. He was on a TWA flight. See how long ago that was. <laughs> he was on a TWA flight and, 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 the, and he was sitting there and, and, and the stewardess came up and he felt the need to share the gospel with her. The harvest was white. And he shared the gospel with her and she accepted Jesus Christ. And then three weeks later, he opened up the newspaper, TWA flight crashed. But he says, I had no sorrow in my heart, but I thank God that when he gave me the opportunity, I took it. How many opportunities has God given us? This church should be full every Sunday. 15 spots can't fill on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday night, because souls are really being changed in this church. And I don't know what you're talking about, 
out there. But I know there's a place that I can come to. I can't tell you about First Baptist Church. I can't tell you about West Side Baptist Church. I can't tell you about East Side Baptist Church, but I can tell you about the Vision Church. And I can tell you that I've watched some of you come here broken, beaten down, battered and bruised. And all I did was gave you Jesus. Your life is not the same. You ain't perfect, but guess what? I got joy when I see you change. See, change is what Jesus wants from us. And what he's saying to us is that, listen, I want you to change your focus. Watch this. Verse 38. I think I'm done. Huh? Verse 38. Look what he says. I finished it. It says, I sent you to reap that for which you have not what? Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. I'm going to preach this at a graduation uh, for my students. Because they need to understand coming to seminary is not about leaving to go into a pulpit to sound good. It's to win souls. Do you know we equip people at this church through TV seminary for worldwide ministry? Pastors, preachers, counselors, so that they could, do you know how big this thing is? But God wants your buy-in. The last thing we will develop, last thing we'll develop, a spiritual purpose of reaping. It's not hard. Jesus says, stop, get out of you. We go out there to feed the kids and we, we act like we don't want to talk to nobody, but they don't want Jesus now. They don't want it now. No. Have you presented it? Imagine that child is one of those children that got shot the other day that we fed, that we missed. When you leave worship, man, change happens, y'all. I'm not saying that we got to just go home and shut the TV off and shut everything. I'm talking about you are thinking about souls. I don't know about you, but when I leave here, I think about it. He says, I sent you, see it, to do what? He said the purpose of disciples' calling was reaping believers in Jesus. Did you know that? The Apostle John recorded, uh, Apostle John did not record the commissioning of them, but he did recall the sending of them. Here's a fact you don't have to do anything other than reap. If you just show up and leave here, you will see opportunities for the lost to come to Jesus. In that field that you live in, how many? I remember when I used to work for Dry's Ice Cream, every person that I met, 
Those backdoor people that do the backdoor stuff when they receive, they, I swear they were from the devil. They had power and, and they wanted to make me wait. I remember, forget this lady in, in Walmart and Lake Jackson. Took me three years, two years, but I led her to Jesus. I never forget her name. What am I saying? We go out here and we complain about how hard the world is. Jesus says, stop focusing on who you want to witness to and go to the field where I sent you. You got friends that you hang around with. They ain't saved. As a matter of fact, they don't ever want to be saved. Find you some new friends who will accept the message of Jesus Christ and then come and live for Jesus Christ like you are. Soul winning is the believer's duty. He says, go. It's the believer's job. And to see what Jesus is showing you and then acting on it without fear because you didn't have to labor for it. You didn't have to do anything. Listen, in other words, everything is already set up for you. All you got to do is be available. But you got to change, though. What else? in this life will be more important and rewarding. To see, watch this, let me leave you here. To see someone that you know is broken and all you did was persisted and brought him into the kingdom. Oh, you know, it's just a handoff. You, he says, you ain't got to do no work. You ain't got to do no work. Just bring him in. He says, the harvest is ready. But are you ready? Mercury is a very hot planet. And Pluto is very cold. Why is Mercury hot and Pluto cold? Mercury is real close to the sun. And Pluto is very far away from the sun. The further you get from the sun the colder things become. But the closer you get, the hotter they get. Well, you may say you're neither a Mercury Christian nor a Pluto Christian. Then maybe you're an Earth Christian where things get hot and cold in your life. Maybe you're a kind of a seasonal Christian, fall-time Christian, springtime Christian, Summertime Christian, wintertime Christian, but God is looking for more Mercury Christians. People who want to get close to the SON and stay hot all the time. Amen. So that after you leave worship, <laughs> come on, somebody, not only will you be concerned about him, but you'll be concerned about the lost. Because when you're hot for Jesus, there's nothing else that really matters other than winning someone to him. Give God a hand clap of praise. I want to tell you, as I was putting this message together and getting my orders from God, I begin to see a pattern here. God is saying to us, coming to this building 
and leaving here, something should be happening in your life. Something. And if nothing is happening, then maybe you're an earthly Christian. Maybe you're missing the message of the cross. I never thought I would care for anybody. I thank God that 22 years later, he's shown me that he's real.